Hi, my name is Mary Cruz and welcome to I'm So Glad You Asked. Every woman has a story and I want to hear yours. Welcome to episode eight. I just want someone to listen. I am so happy to introduce my guest for today's episode, Callie Prater. I met Callie, or as I know her, Dr. Callie, in the summer of 2020, when my friend Jenna recommended Callie as a doctor I should consult on my fertility journey. Callie has changed my life on such a profound level. Not only did she help me confront all of my fertility fears, but she helped me connect with my body and soul and move forward. Since meeting that summer, we have become friends, a friendship for which I'm very grateful for. Callie, welcome. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. We're not supposed to cry before we start. We're not. Oh, Oh, that was a beautiful introduction. Oh, it's it's true. And I don't mean to make it so public, but I especially like I I was when I was putting the introduction together. um, That actually was what I felt in my soul was like. I was so scared at the time of everything. And even just talking to you in in your room, like I had to confront it. Like I had to confront my shit that day. Mm. And like you did it in such a way that was like funny and humorous, (laughs) but also very compassionate. And I needed that. So I I mean that like, and I hope anyone who hears this knows that um, I will just say this from experience. When you have trauma, you have to learn how to confront it. Otherwise it's going to keep popping up. And you helped me confront it in a way. And I mean, I'm still confronting it. I don't mean like that. Yeah. But like you helped me confront it head on that day of stupid stuff that I was scared of. Oh. You know, like blood work. Oh. You know. Listen, none of it's Getting on a scale. None of it is stupid if you're afraid of it. But you like, like you said, you have to look it square in the face. Yep. Right. Or because it's not going anywhere. It's not. It's not going anywhere. But I didn't mean to make you cry. Oh. Um, But I just want to thank you for being here today. And um. If please feel free to give yourself an introduction, whatever you want, and then we can dive into your story and what shaped you. Yeah. Uh, no, nothing to add to the introduction. I mean, that was beautiful. Well, I should have added you are a doctor oh. of chiropractic, correct? Yeah. Okay. I'm a, I'm a chiropractic physician. I um, specialize in more like functional medicine. So I do do a lot of lab work. Um, a lot of nutrition, help, guidance, that kind of stuff. Um, more holistic primary care type things, mm-hmm. um, even under my my chiropractic license, which is amazing because in this state, I'm a full physician and I have a full scope of practice. So it oh, is incredible. Um, a beautiful thing that I get to do and it is what I'm really passionate about. So, Well, you're great um, at it. Thank I mean, you. you obviously had a calling and you said yes mm. to it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was a bit of a wild <laughs> ride to get to that, you know, thing. Well, let's just jump right in um, and let's just talk and start wherever you want about, you know, the title is you just wanted someone to listen. So let's yeah. talk about what you feel shaped you. Yeah. So um, I obviously chose a helping profession, mm-hmm. right? And I think that most people who choose a helping profession um, want to help others. And I think deeply we want to help others because we were missing something oh, yeah. in our own care and our own self. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I think that most people who go into a helping profession truly have that behind them. Mm-hmm. And I think reflecting to come and speak on your podcast really highlighted to me that I have picked up over the years skills that I needed yeah. throughout my journey. And I have been gathering all these tools to really help myself oh. as well as other people, especially women. 
I will, I will say this too. Um, for some reason, I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence, but when prepping for your episode, I did come across something that talked about that the majority of people who suffer significant trauma end up choosing professions that help each other. So what you just said, like help other people on like such a profound level. Yeah. Nurses, doctors, doctors, nurses. I mean, like any any social work, social, all of it, right? Like people just, I just want, I don't want anybody to feel what I felt in my life. When, when this is over, I'm going to give you a big hug. (laughs) We're going to have lots of hugs. So many hugs. And thank, uh, and thank and people who know me who are hearing that we are going to hug are going to be shocked <laughs> because I am not the world's biggest touch person. No. Um, I mean, and there's so many reasons for all that. Yeah. But um, like you said, like, let's get into it. Right? And I just want to thank you before. But first oh. and foremost, I want to thank you for um, being here and and genuinely opening up yourself so that other women yeah. and also two men, whoever listens to this, yeah. can feel seen, can feel heard and not feel alone. Um, that is very brave of you to share your story. Oh, so, and I'm, you. oh no, I'm, I mean this, this is not, I, I, I want people to understand this is not like an easy thing. Ooh, no, no. You know, right. I mean, I think it's like a, um, it's a feeling of like, uh, not the word it's a, it's a, I know for me, when I shared my story, it was terrifying, but it was almost a weight lifted afterwards. Mm. Like, okay, now people know and they can, I, it, it, it's, out exp- there. it's out there. People, maybe this explains a little bit who I am and why I am the way I am. And now it just, it's out, it's done. Right. So yeah. All right. Beautiful. So yeah, I grew up, um, in a like traditional American family. Midwest. Right? Yeah. Midwest. Michigan. Michigan. I'm a Michigander. Um, through and through. Hi. Charlie's going to join us Hi, on the podcast. Friend. Yes. This is the first time water. this is happening. I just want to let you know. I think he knows you need the support. Oh, but you're going to sit, bud. Okay. We're little kindred spirits. Yeah, He's okay. Here, okay. Um, and I grew up with a uh, grandfather who is diabetic, like type okay. one, like insulin <clears throat> injections, the whole thing. And I got to see and be like really upfront with all that. Well, I have a, I do have a question. Which one is, um, <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's right into the mic. Oh, he knows you need the love. Type one, there's type one and type two. Mm -hmm. And I was just reading about this. Um, Can you explain type one a little bit? Yeah, type one diabetes is um, you're not getting out of that diagnosis. Okay, that's that's okay. You you know you typically been diagnosed fairly early on in life. Okay, um, or earlier than other folks, your pancreas is no longer making insulin and can no longer keep up with the demands of like functioning and, and blood sugar regulation and that kind of stuff. So that, okay. So you grew up seeing that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I watched my grandfather not eat or take care of himself in any kind of way that is appropriate for a diabetic person. And I didn't even know at the time, but I remember being a young kid being like, there has got to be a better way Mm -hmm. to deal with all of this crap. Um, and I watched his health just deteriorate because of this non-managed diet. I mean, like he took his insulin by all means. He ate <laughs> all the things you are not supposed to <laughs> Sorry, eat. I know. <laughs> um, so it's just like, you know, it was a willpower thing and it was, a, you know, yeah, I'm too tough for this. <clears throat> and it's like, that's cool. You also <laughs> suffered a horrible, like his end of days was horrible and he suffered so much. And I just thought like, you just like, there's got to be less suffering than this. There, this can't be it. Do you think he felt helpless? What? So this is maybe like 25 years ago. Mm, I don't know that he felt helpless. Okay. I think 
he was a stubborn individual. Understood. Yeah. Um, I think sounds like my dad. You know, <laughs> he was gonna do what he was gonna do. He was a retired police officer. Okay. Um, there was just this energy, you know. Yeah. The patriarch, you know, all that, <laughs> all that stuff that I don't find myself subscribing to these days. <clears throat> and I just don't think he was educated in what was happening in his body mm. to be smart enough to know what he was doing to make a change. Yes. Okay. So I feel like there was an ignorance there, too, where it was like, if I don't know about it, I don't have to do anything about it. Yep. Or yeah. I've been told and they just keep nagging. It was nagging. It wasn't uh, people are trying to help. People are trying to make sure you don't suffer. I don't think anybody laid out the cut and dry consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, so different from how you practice. <laughs> I was just, I no, and, and that is to know, and that is not like yeah. a criticism, but I mean, that's so different from the way you practice. Yeah. People should be informed. I mean, I think that's a, bi- a big thing. You should know what's going on with your body. You're the yep. owner of your your vessel and your vehicle. And if you don't know, because we were not born with an operating manual, if you don't know how to care for it and manage it, yeah. that's why you see a doctor, mm-hmm. right? Doctor is teacher, yep. right? Um, that is one of the biggest jobs I do, or I feel like I do, is helping people understand what is actually going on so that you can oh. make actual change, Yes, um, which seems like profound and life-changing. And it's really like, this is basics, and we should be doing this for every single human being. Yep. Um, so I watched my grandfather suffer mm. through all that, and I watched my grandmother take care of him to the best of her abilities. Um, and I mean, like, I was in there on some gory... stuff. How old are you? Ooh, from a, like a real young age, which is how I also knew I could stomach some really gross, like I can stomach some medical stuff. Okay. So this kind of, um, highlighted to me, like I can, I can hang in this field there. It takes a lot to gross me out outside of, and this is where it's like fun and interesting bodily fluids, not a fan, like pee poo vomit. No, thank you. Anything that comes out of maybe a child, I'm I'm, I'm out. Blood, bones, you know, weird, weird disease, like sign me up. I can be right in there and I'm okay with it. So I knew that as a young kid, as I watched my mom clean my grandfather's diabetic wounds on his foot, he was, he was amputated at both legs to the knee. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, like progressively because he did not care for himself and he could not get it together to do the stuff that he needed to do to not have that kind of life. And so I just remember thinking like, there has got to be better, better ways to do any of this stuff. Yeah. Um, I didn't, grow up with a family full of medication either. So it was like, okay, you know, if we're not going to a doctor, if we're not doing the things, that's cool. But are you really healthy? And are you really taking care of yourself? Okay. So like not a ton of antibiotics, not a like, okay. No, no, not really. You know, like my grandparents weren't on tons and tons of medications and that kind of stuff. So um, it just didn't make sense to me, like watching how all that went and realizing that you know, he just suffered all these horrible consequences from poorly managed diabetes. Mm. And it was, it was a suffering way to go. It was not a peaceful way. Like it was suffering the entire way out and it just breaks your heart to watch that. But kind of angry too, right? Like kind of, I don't know. I would assume a little anger. Yeah. I was in, what was I in? Like middle school, maybe Okay, seventh, eighth grade. Smart enough to know more, but not yeah. enough to to say anything, to be yeah. able to stand up to anybody, to to do any like recommend anything better. But 
Um, that I think was one of the first experiences or set of experiences that really kind of like pushed me down a medical professions kind of path. Um, I know growing up, I was told like you graduate high school, you either go to college or you get the F out of my house. Okay. Um, so it was like, I had no option, but to go to college. I, I didn't feel right. So, um, you know, it was like, figure out what you want to do and figure it out quick. So I did go to undergrad to um, Central Michigan University, and I went into the sports medicine and athletic training oh, program. Oh, interesting. Um, which is very different from what I do these days. <laughs> <laughs> Drastically different from what I do these days. Um, and I loved it. I loved being around athletes. I loved being in sport. I got to work with a football team for almost 700 hours oh. the semester. I was there. We won. I have a big fat championship ring with my name oh, on that's it. That's like one of those big 10 schools. Oh, okay. And, and the it. team did not have a great record going into that season. So I remember meeting with my supervisor before the semester started to get the layout of like, when do I have to be here? When, mm-hmm. when, when do we show up for first day? It's two a days. I get that. Like it's the summer we're going into the season. What is all this like? And my uh, supervisor was like, don't worry, we'll be done by November because we don't <laughs> win. No big deal. Um, and I think the second play of the first game, our quarterback had a massive concussion oh, and never came back the entire season. Um, and that guy is doing fantastic. He was one of the smarter guys that I've met uh, and on the football team who was like devastated because he couldn't read a book. After his concussion, couldn't sit in class, like so devastated that his brain might be damaged and he might not be able to pursue a career in, um, I think it was like journalism or writing. Oh my gosh. Right. And I was like, whoa, this is not the typical athlete that you meet in a college sport. Um, So he really took his health seriously. And that was a beautiful thing to see at that age too. Yeah. Um, People who were, you know, in college to play football, to try and get into the NFL and people who are there who are like, this is a thing I like, but also not the end all be all of my life. And I was like, kudos to you for knowing the difference and putting your eggs in the right basket. Cause that's not an easy call, you know, either. So um, yeah, I went to chiropractic school after that thinking and planning on being a chiropractor in the NFL. Oh, I was just going <laughs> to say, like, how goal. did you, okay, so you graduated and like, at what point did you decide I'll go to chiropractic school? I was looking at chiropractic school while I was in school. Okay. Um, I did, I finished my undergrad with an internship with the Marine Corps out in oh, California. Wow. Um, because it was a prestigious internship and it was one of the only internships in the country with um, military and I was like, really cool. I want to be that person. Yeah. Let's go do the, let's go do the thing nobody else is going to do. Yes. Right. Um, so I did a wonderful internship in California. I was looking at chiropractic schools out there and I, I looked into chiropractic schools because I knew my sports medicine degree in athletic training wasn't going to be enough. Okay. And I knew I wanted to go into further education that did not involve drugs and hardcore intervention. Give me an example. Um, like, so like traditional medicine. Okay. Um, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So okay. like I, I wanted to do more. Um, I oddly enough have a few family members who are chiropractors. My brother is a chiropractor. Oh, wow. Um, we came at it with a very different approach. I think he knew 
I think since he was in high school. Yeah. Um, and I came out about it in a very roundabout way. Mm. Um, I, I originally wasn't even looking at chiropractic school, Mary. I was looking at naturopathic school to be a naturopathic physician, which is okay. much more like I practice. I was just going to say, okay. Yeah. Um, but at the time I was looking, so <clears throat> to date myself, no, um, no, it's okay. I, I graduated what undergrad in 2006, 2007. Okay. So at that time there were four States that licensed naturopath physicians, four States. And that was it 16 years ago. Really? Yeah. I don't know how many States there are, but Illinois wow. doesn't even license naturopath physicians, which is a travesty it, um, is. it is appalling because i know a lot of really amazing physicians who deserve a license <laughs> in this state um so when i was looking at naturopathic school four four states that licensed physicians that were naturopaths none of which were in the midwest or where i grew up i just have a question when you yeah. say license that um okay so hypothetically say you had gone to naturopath school yeah you could only practice in certain states. You could not come here and open up a practice. I mean, I could, but I couldn't call myself a doctor. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Legality wise, Legality. Okay. no, they have no legal standing. They have no scope of practice that is fascinating. where they don't I have had a no license. Idea. Yeah, it is. Um, it's it's a problem. Yeah. No, I, absolutely. I have a, you know, the program I went to chiropractic school over in uh, Lombard mm -hmm. at National University of Health Sciences. They have a naturopathic program. And I remember learning that they're not licensed in the state. And I just, how do you practice in a state? How do we yeah. learn in a state you're not even able to get a license in? I hope that starts to change. It needs to change. And I am often signing petitions to get that to change. Okay. Um, Good. Because, Good. because as, as it stands without a license, anybody can call them themselves a naturopath. Oh, and so okay. they have no oversight, no legal, like, right, you know, right. Uh, you could take an online course, <laughs> call yourself a naturopath. Give some people some horrible advice. I was just going to say that's terrifying. And um, they don't know, right? That's terrifying. So I am a big fan of licensure. It oh, does yeah. provide um, the public some safety in terms of Well, you of said oversight education. too, right? Like checks yeah. and balances, making sure people are safe, safety. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, that becomes- Did not know that. That's something I learned just now. It was crazy. So I knew right then, I was like, whew, I don't know that I'm going to- walk away. I don't, I just, it was too much yeah. for me at that time, at, at that point in my life, um, to make that call, yeah. move that far away and then be locked into one of four states well, for to sure. live in practice. Yeah. And I was like, that's just not going to work for me. Right. And my brother pointed out, um, you know, he goes, you know, you can go to chiropractic school. You can do the, the, the dual enrollment. You can become a chiropractor and a naturopath, which some friends of mine have done. Okay. So they practice under their chiropractic license as a naturopath, Okay, which is a legal way to do it in this state, which is fine and dandy because they have all the wonderful education. But he goes, you know, you can go the chiropractic route and add stuff to it, do the naturopath with it. There's more than one option. It's hands-on. Right. It's not medicine. You still help people in a big way. And I was coming off this football season and I was like, yeah, okay, let's do this. Let's go to the NFL. Cause like, why the freak not? I love football. Let's do it. Do you love football? I, I, I'm learning that today too. What team do you love? Um, I'm not, a, I'm not, a, what I, I don't call myself a brand elitist. I'm not Ooh. a team. 
I'm not like a team rooter. Okay. I just like the sport in general. Okay. I get it. Um, I don't understand rivalries and I don't understand people's like deep seated, like love for a team. I just, it like doesn't make sense in my brain. And I grew up in Michigan where it's like Michigan, Michigan state. I could care less. Why does anybody (laughs) care? I just, can we all just like high five? Can somebody explain it? Cause like my brain doesn't get it. Yeah. And that's fine. Right. But you love Um, football, but you love the sport I grew up watching football. My brother played football and I was one of the few people of my age, right? Cause my brother's four years older than me. Um, I went to all the football games and that kind of stuff. A lot of my friends around the same age had older siblings. And like, I was one of the few people like in middle school, like watching my brother play a game versus just being at the football game to hang out and meet boys and flirt and da da da. I was like, can we, can we watch this? No, nobody. Okay. (laughs) So I felt like the odd man out there, but yeah, I genuinely like the sport. It has fallen away from me for years. I have recently started watching football again this year and like reconnecting with how much I miss it. Oh, that's cool. Which has been interesting because I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Hmm. You know, that might mean something. We'll come back to that. We'll come back. We'll come back. I, that might mean something. Continue. Um, so. Hmm. I know we were talking about the choice. This is when you made the choice to go to chiropractic yeah, yeah, school. Yeah. So I went to chiropractic school instead. Right. Here, instead in, of in, uh, in Illinois. That's right, in Lombard. Yeah, yeah. In okay. Lombard. Um, so I went to chiropractic school. And I got into chiropractic school and I loved it. And I did, you know, going through classes I did for a period of time. um, I did still want to be that like sports chiropractic doc out on the field, all that stuff. How long is school? Um, So it's interesting. When I went, the program was very different. Okay. They have changed things as things change. Um, It was... Three and a third years, because we did trimesters. Oh, three and a third. Okay. But it was five years of education that we condensed into three and a third years. Okay. Like, med- I mean, it is medical school. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, I mean, yes, all the credit hours are are pretty- Because medical school is four years, right? Yeah, I believe so. Plus, then they have a residency, which is um, a nice option that's okay. not really part of the chiropractic program. Okay. Um, but yeah, it um, definitely, I loved it. Hmm. Um. And then life changed a bit. Oh, okay. You know? Okay. Um, so right as chiropractic school is ending. No. In the middle of it. I was I was early on in chiropractic school. Early on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like 2007. When did you, wait. I when, moved, I moved to Illinois in 2008. Okay. I had to do some prerequisites that weren't covered under my, um, my initial undergrad degree okay. to get in. I had been accepted into the chiropractic program, but I had to do a few extra classes. Like I had to do organic chemistry. Ooh. I had to do oof, yeah, organic chemistry <laughs> one and two. Not fun in the slightest, especially when the person who's teaching you is going to be your future nutritional biochemistry professor with about 20 extra initials after his name. Okay. Um, smart cookie. Nobody got by with anything with that man. And that is why you are the cre- you are the best of the best. <laughs> Thank you. Um, um, so yeah, it was early chiropractic early? school. Okay. Um, what happened? Yeah, life changed. Life changed. Okay, life changed. Take your time. I remember I went out after a night with 
we would have these trimester mixers, right? Oh, Where like mixers. once a semester, oh. at the beginning of the semester, before wish- your semester got crazy, because let's keep in mind, on average, I was doing 27 credits a semester. Um, Were you working? You can't work. They, during- frown- they frowned upon it. Say, probably hard to work during that time. I still worked because... I pay my bills, so yeah, no. that's that's Good life. For you. Yeah, I worked like what one day a week, maybe. Yeah. When I first moved, I was working in a physical therapy clinic. Okay. Or no, I'm sorry, I worked at GNC. Oh heck yeah! Okay. My my first peddling vitamins job. <laughs> my peddling vitamins. It was horrendous and horrible. I oh. learned nobody knew anything about what was in that store um i was not a good fit because i wanted to help <laughs> people i wanted to help You're people like, and not i know where you can line. find this better you please go somewhere else i got reprimanded one day for helping a older woman who wanted to lose like 10 pounds for her grandson's wedding oh um and she had a sweet bottle of hydro in her hand oh, okay. and i was like Hi, friend. Let's talk about this for a minute. Do you have any kind of heart or health issues? Oh, wow. Yeah. And she goes, yeah, I have blood pressure meds. And I, and I said, you can't safely take this. Yeah. You know, let's talk about maybe some fish oil, some green tea extract oh, interesting. to support metabolism, but also not have side effects and make sure you stay alive. Right. Uh-huh. Like, let's just. Um, but I took a $90 sale from the hydro down to, a, I don't know, probably a $40 sale. And I got in trouble for that. And that's when I was like, I need to find a way out because I can't, I can't stay here. Well, I think that's really commendable that you were thinking of a human being and their life. I know. I said, this lady's going to come back because I actually tried to help her and I actually taught her what was going on. And, yeah. and that makes a bigger deal to me than, yeah. I mean, okay. it, it's a business. I get it, but. I know what you mean. Not the right fit. So you're at a mixer. So I'm at a mixer. Beautiful semester mixer. We go out, you know, you party. What time of year? Early in the semester, within the first couple of weeks before things get really crazy, okay. right? Because so fall. you're all in med school. It was not fall because we did trimesters. Oh. So we basically went all year long. Okay. It was in the spring. In the spring. Okay. Yeah. So the night before I went out for my not so fun night, I had a great night with a bunch of friends. Mm-hmm. And then the next night I went out Okay. and life was completely different Okay. and life changed. Okay. Um. I had been in, involved with a person who basically I found out many years later um, set me up. Okay. Um, and, you know, there was just people waiting for me. And, oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I mean, a little, a little crazy. Not at all what I had expected. Not at all what I had planned for I'm my so evening. So sorry, Kelly. Um, take your time. Yeah, yeah. It, it changed my life. I can, I can, I cannot, I cannot even put words together. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's okay now. Right. Sure. Because I am genuinely probably for the first time really addressing it are you and really working on healing well, thank, all that thank you for, i'm not saying this to be funny um but i appreciate you talking about it yeah i think um i i i, I had posted this before but i genuinely believe that um shame dies mm. when stories are shared absolutely 
I mean, it still stings. And it, I know because I, oh. I know it's even hard probably to say the words or the the actual word. I, yeah. I Trust me, I <laughs> I understand more than you know. Yeah. Just to actually say the word because there's so much pain behind it. Yeah. But just know you have the space right now. Yeah. Thank you. You do. Um, yeah. And I don't think if this wasn't a safe space, oh, you yeah, know, people I know. wouldn't be coming and sharing themselves with you. So it is a beautiful gift that you're giving people. Do you mind if I ask a question? Yeah, go for it. So this person put you in a very unsafe situation mm-hmm. that um, you found out later. I found out later it was v- very personal, like very purposeful. Very purposeful. Um, yeah. I, there was four other people. Okay. Um, I was assaulted. Yeah. No, I... Um, that... I mean, and then I shut down. I, I, I That was my next question was just... <laughs> I was still in school, I but I shut down. It, oh God, this makes me so angry, mm. and I'm gonna get angry for you. Yeah, I'm just I'm gonna say it. What the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck? Like, oh, so what okay, the fuck? We can right? say fuck on yeah. here. Yeah, listen, because you know, ag- agreed. The more you talk about this thing, the less shame. The less. The less shame. The the stupid shit I have carried for years. Yes, which um, is tr- not your fault. Yeah, no, a, and a I, thousand percent. And and I know, and I know, but I want to tell you. Yeah. Not your fault. What the fuck to this person? Yeah. What the fuck to this person? Years, years, years later, I find out. He did it on purpose and he very purposely said, I did it to break you. Oh my God. And I just wanted to control you. Um, so yeah, no, it was what the fuck? completely intentional. Yeah. Yeah. That's some, that's sick. Yeah. Oh, listen, a thousand percent. That yep. is sick. Yeah. Yeah. That experience was traumatic in and of itself. Um, I came home. I said nothing yeah. to my roommates because I just couldn't. I literally like, did. How do you? Yeah. I literally did everything you're not supposed to do. Like I showered and I couldn't I shower know. quick enough. I, know. I got rid of my clothes. Yeah. Um, I just laid in bed and cried. Oh. It was finally the next day because I was bleeding oh. uh, internally that like I told a friend. Okay. I said, would you go to a hospital with me? Okay. Because I, I can't do it alone. And she went with me. Okay. She took me. Um, that whole hospital experience was a shit show. Ugh. And cold. Horrible. Cold. Um, I mean. Maybe cold. Not, not exactly cold. And not horrible across the board. Like with a different lens, um, the women who were there were as compassionate as could be. It's okay. And yeah. I did meet with a wonderful person from a woman's services group that I still have the packet of information that they gave really? me for post-care services. Oh. Absolutely. Um, but even going through the kit yeah. and the collection, um, I basically got reprimanded for doing all the stuff that I indeed should not have done because no evidence collected, yada, yada. You cannot see me, but I am rolling my eyes right now because <laughs> it's, the la- it's the last thing you want to hear, by no. the way, when, no. when that's going on. And you're aware of it because you're smart enough and you've been trained in it. So like, you know. And I'm not trying to say this to be funny, but it's not like there's a DARE program for this. Do you know what I mean? Like stop, drop and roll. Right. You know, where nope. it gets ingrained in your head. 
Right. But even if it does get ingrained in your head, in that moment, you are in such shock. Like you yep. have to go into survival mode to do whatever is good for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The last thing someone needs to do is shame another person. Um, it gets better. Oh, dear goodness. See your goodness. <laughs> and, I, and I hope you and sense I didn't the mean sarcasm. To make, I didn't mean to make you laugh. No. I just like, that makes me Listen, so mad. Laughing is therapeutic. Crying is therapeutic. Fear. Oh, crying um, is so therapeutic. Absolutely. I've been, cry- I've been spending the year crying and it's been a beautiful thing. Yeah. Oh, um, that's incredible. And it's good to laugh about it because it was a fucking shit show. You're, um, so you're with your friend and like. I'm with my friend. The police are like, listen, there's nothing we are going to do. Oh. Where There's nothing we are going to do about this. If you don't know names, this is pointless. Oh, man. Yeah. Again, not at all what you want to hear. No. Um. So I got some testing run. Okay. I got slapped with some drugs preventatively and preemptively. Cool. Okay. Um, or like we're, we also have pending test results, but those won't come back for a few weeks. Oh so we'll let you know if you have HIV or AIDS in a few weeks. Oh my Fuck my life. Holy shit. Like and then that- to get that message, by the way, I, I, you know, panic attacks are real. Yes. Um, you know, that's not a fun experience across the board. Oh, Callie. Um, the person who took me and I, who went with me, um, she had a really hard time. Yeah. And seeing you in that year, position, like for years, I got so angry with her because afterwards she couldn't look at me and she couldn't sit next to me because it was too painful for her. Um, and I got real pissed at her. Yeah. And she, I found, I found out years later, um, she openly shared my story with classmates. Oh my God. Days later, using my name. What? Yeah. Why? Because she needed to get it off her chest, which I also respect to some degree and understand, but there's a way to share the pain of watching somebody suffer and keeping some level of their privacy. Yes. Um, So just, just, I felt violated all over again. Well, yeah. Um, Because I was like, not only do I know these people, I know they're total strangers to me and they don't really know me, but now they know a very, very personal thing about me. And that is not a comfortable situation either. God, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Did you, I mean, were you able to, I mean, go to class? Were you able to function or were you I, just like on autopilot? I was there. You were there? Yeah. I was in class. I lived with two girls I went to school with. Who one of them at one point? Hey, Mallory. Oh, I hope you listen to this. Oh, um, a good Mallory shout out, right? Mallory and D. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be still here if it was not Thanks, for them. Thanks, Mallory and D. Oh, good shout outs. That's um, that's so great. That you, you know, have- Mallory took me for a walk one day at lunch, and she was like, "Listen, you're not okay, and like that's okay, but we got to do something about it, man." Because yeah, I shut down. I was on autopilot. I went to all my classes. I somehow passed class <laughs> there's, like you there's able to, chunks of that how like do you say that compartmentalize is that like right you like mm, section off yeah you know you, I just and and genuinely what I did for years upon years um was I just was like this is not going to affect me yeah. um I don't have time for this and I basically ignored the trauma that I that I lived through because oh, I didn't have time Oh, so 
in the midst of all that, okay. right? Because that's crazy. I'm in grad school. Um, I'm paying for it all on my own. Do you mind if I ask one other question? Yeah. Well, I do want to make a comment about Mallory. When I think of Mallory, I think of the Babysitter's Club books that I used to read. Did not read those. That's okay. It's a, but Mallory was a wonderful character. Oh, Mallory is a beautiful human being. She sounds wonderful. And so does Dee. She is amazing, too. And I'm, I'm grateful that you have that support surrounding you. Um, yeah. I think my question is, and if you're comfortable getting into this yeah. a little bit, um, did you have to see those individuals again or and that other individual you were involved with um or did contact cease that evening you know trauma is a real fucked up thing that's so fucked up and i didn't know that it was a setup yeah. oh yeah time, right at the time right? i didn't yeah i had no idea um he got called away on some business okay etc um yeah i ended up still having some sort of relationship with that do not be ashamed to say that trauma is fucked up no don't ever be ashamed. like this is the place where you talk about it so yeah yeah, of course i just was i was just curious because um um and then luckily he went away to federal prison for some other things oh thank you for sharing um and so then he was gone okay which is a great thing I would have. He came. He came back around later in my life. Did he? Okay. Which is when we had the very open discussion, and he very much told me those things, just flat out. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, especially that you had to relive it Mm. again, and it kept. I mean, just seeing it in front of you. Yeah. So in the midst of all that, yeah, because yeah, the hospital was a shit show. Um, that whole experience was a shit show. Friendships changed. I absolutely shut down, and I was not really present a lot of the well, time. Understandably, oh, a, a, a thousand percent. But this also happened around a time, or it was either that semester or the next semester that we had a class, um, a physiology class, where we were going to learn uh, respiratory phys renal physiology and cardiac physiology, as well as gynecology. I know what renal is. That's kidneys. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we were, you know, this man comes in for our gynecology lectures and he is a chiropractor and he, within the first five minutes of speaking in our lecture, I was like, I want to be that man. Oh, I want to be that guy. Yeah. That guy. I want to be him. Okay. I want to know what he knows. Changed my life in like five minutes. What was it about what he said? He was a he was, <laughs> a, he was a bit of a no bullshitter, which I appreciate. Which I think you are too, which um, I genuinely appreciate. Thank you. I mean, I try. There's but no you point. You have to be. There's yeah. no point. There's no Especially point. when you're dealing with people's health, right? Yeah. Just tell them. Absolutely. Um, so he walks in and he's like, you know, I'm a chiropractor, went to school here, all this stuff. And he told us about how he got into running a majority gynecology practice as a male chiropractor. Yeah. Yeah. Let's think about that for I'm a sorry. minute. Yep. Just like, Faces, I'm not eyes laughing. Run. No. I, my first gynecologist was a man. Okay. Yeah. Wait, actually, can I tell you a funny story? <laughs> Always. Okay. So my first gynecologist was a man and like, this is probably in college. Maybe mm-hmm. I went maybe 19 or 20, 21. So my hair is naturally very, very curly. Yeah. And I remember laying on the, the bed 
and he's doing his examination and he said this i can't make this up he says is oh. your hair naturally curly <laughs> and i was like what's going on and i was like while he's down during the stirrup yep, exam in the stirrups <laughs> under not underneath and yeah. he and, and he was referring questions to, right questions yeah. you think are about other things and he, he was referring to my head yes and um i think i made a joke like <laughs> no it's a perm you know like but <laughs> Because what do you say yeah. when you think somebody is I looking at said, my bits? It's, I probably said, no, it's a perm, but no, I'm Italian. It's just naturally curly. But anyways, that's my experience with a male gynecologist. Listen, it was surprising to me. No, he came in. He but, told us about how he had a patient who came in and said, I know you went to school at National. I demand a pelvic exam. Something is wrong. I'm having green discharge. All this crazy stuff. And this patient basically like forced him to dive into this work. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay. And I think the majority of his practice was gynecology and female patients, which um, I did not see coming. For yourself. Um, for I mean, even for this guy. Yeah. You, I was just like, okay, um, something about him. Hmm. I was like, this, this is something different and I need to pay attention. And I remember going, having lunch immediately after this class. And I'm going to tell you the majority of the people I graduated with hated this information, did not want to know, <laughs> could have cared less. And I was like, please sign me up for all the vagina talk. Um, I, I was like, I was, I was all in, which, you know, well, I was just going to say, <laughs> and now I help people with fertility and all the wonderful oh, things. Really, right. So do. like it is an important overlooked aspect of our healthcare system. Mm -hmm. And this man knew that. And somehow I connected with, as a man who doesn't have a vagina, we That's connected incredible. over. And I was like, there is something about whatever is happening here. I remember having lunch with one of my classmates after that. And I said, I'm doing something different with my life. I thought I was going to sports chiropractic. This is what, this is what I'm doing now. Okay. And I knew at that moment I was making a huge turn. So I'd like to, I want to point something out here. Yeah. So I'm, what I'm hearing, well, first of all, I will say this. What I appreciate about the practice that your practice is that you address the root problem, right? And not just um, a Band-Aid solution. Yeah. Like you definitely find the under underlying root cause. And I appreciate that. I find it genuinely fascinating, Kelly, <laughs> that symbolically, right? Mm. Now you're, this is just how I'm hearing this. Yeah. At this point in time, after all this awful traumatic mm. shit happened to you Yeah, that this man comes in, you're not scared by it. Mm. And that you were just like, no, I want to go into this. And the way I'm hearing it is too, like with women, women, the way our bodies are built, I always feel this. Mm. We, we internalize everything. Yeah. You yeah. know, men live outwardly yep. because of their, like, this is, I mean, I'm not trying to be yeah. funny, but like, but you chose all of a sudden, like you're, your practice is going very focused into this, into internal, yep. like to focus internal. That's just how I'm hearing it. Oh, absolutely. Okay. And, and a thousand percent. And I don't disagree. So something clicked in my brain yeah. and I was like, we are doing something different. That's great. And I just, you know, like would be silly to ignore it. And then literally a week later, I find out the information that the postdoctorate program that he taught in Mm -hmm. um, and that helped teach him all the information was literally starting the next weekend. No way. Um, I had also gotten a new job that was going to allow me the time off one weekend a month to do this program, plus be able to pay for it, basically. That's amazing. And it literally all fell into perfect place and alignment 
in front of me within a week or two period of time. And I literally remember thinking, this is a moment that I'm either going to run with the universe and do what I am being called to do, or I am going to stay stuck in my way and do what I thought I was, I was here to do. And it wasn't even like, I just made the right choice. That's incredible. You listen to yourself. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You should commend yourself. Well, thank you. I mean, coming out of so much trauma and you like made a choice. So even still within the semester, Mm -hmm. right? So we learned about gynecology, I think like one day a week for how many of her weeks, you know, because even though I have a full scope of practice, I I can in theory do pap smears and do like full workup and that kind of stuff. I cannot catch a baby, right? Like gynecology and obstetrics, very different, right? So we also had to learn like, legally, you can't do any of that. You would lose your license. I can't catch a kid, right? And I've had quite a few patients who have graciously asked me to learn how to birth a baby so that I could birth their babies. I have been invited into a birthing suite for a live birth, which I sadly missed. Um, What a fucking honor, by the way, to be asked to be present for somebody's Um, most pivotal moments. Kelly, if by some miracle of the baby Jesus on Christmas Eve, I am pregnant and I get triplets or whatever. We're having miracle babies. I cannot catch them is what but I'm telling I you. I would love for you to be there because you would be incredible. You'd be funny and compassionate mm. and, but also realistic. Like, Ooh, like someone would be like, Oh, is it a beautiful baby? Well, maybe they'll be smart. <laughs> right. Why are we focused on the beauty? Yeah. Why are we focused on the beauty? This is probably a really smart kid, but I would be, I mean, you're incredible. Oh, thank you. Oh, I love that people asked you to yeah. do that. Oh, I literally, I had a patient who had come in and this was early on in practice. And she was like, okay, can't you go to school so that you can deliver my kids? And I said, so medical school is how many years? I won't be ready by the time you're due. And she was like, well, that's unfortunate. Silly question though. Yeah. Midwives and doulas. Cannot. Oh, so like. A midwife to have a, I think midwives are now licensed in Illinois, which is also a huge deal and kudos to them so that home births can happen in a safe fucking way. Um, Women should birth how they choose as long as it's medically safe, right? Like there's, that's why a midwife is there to make sure sure. people are safe. Um, But people should be able to do that the way that feels best and right for them with minimal intervention. If it's not, it's not a medical condition pregnancy, by the way, it's a natural state of being. I should share with you this wonderful, wonderful person I follow on Instagram. I started following her a couple of years ago. Um, she's, she runs this, um, she runs a, I guess in a business, right? It's called, um, become it's about body positivity. Oh, yeah. And she had a fertility, um, struggle. And mm. when she did get pregnant, she was very open about home birth and her choice. And she's, she's always posting about her midwives. And I just, I still follow her. I think she's incredible. You know, um, I will share that with you, but I love that because also watch call the midwife on PBS. Good to know. I've been obsessed with it. So to be a midwife, I believe in Illinois, I have to be a a nurse. I obviously don't have time to go back to school to be a nurse either. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Doula is an emotional support person in the room. Okay. Um, cannot catch a child. Cannot catch a child. Okay. So there's no catching children. This <laughs> no, uh, obstetrics only, only catches babies. T- yes. All right. So, <laughs> so in the midst of this gynecology class, and I have now had this lived experience and this horrible trauma, and I've been through wow. the hospital experience. We then get to watch traditional medical training videos on 
some quote unquote standard practices in gynecology, like a cervical biopsy, right? Okay. One, something I'm never going to be able to do in practice. Okay. But, you know, let's see what the medical community learns. We watch a woman because it's a medical training video. So we are looking at live person, all the bits, all the stuff as somebody is instructing you through a biopsy of a cervix. And you see this woman visibly shaking. Oh, oh God. And they say, over top of what is clearly fucking painful for the person going through this procedure, that there are no nerve endings in the cervix. So you don't have to numb people. What? And I remember just having a breakdown in class. Oh, Kelly. Because I could imagine going through the experience I had recently gone through, having something show up negatively on a pap smear and being told this is my next step. Yeah. And then to then say something like that hurts and be like, nope, that's not a thing for you. Oh God. It was appalling. I can imagine. And that was like, that really sealed the deal. I was like, people can't go through this stuff like this. Thank you. I mean, thank you for, I mean, I'm so sorry that it was so painful to watch that. Yeah. Uh, But I mean, everybody was there. Everybody needed to see it. We all need to know that this is the kind of bullshit that people learn or were learning at some point in time. I am not sure that they've updated the videos and I fucking hope to God they have. Um, But I was just talking to a patient recently about how there is a severe lack of research, including women that is based, like our healthcare system is based on. Mm -hmm. The majority of research that our healthcare system is based on is men. Even for fertility and like pain, like. I wanna see why there's not a huge breadth of research in anything fertility. I wanna see where there's just just not. I'm curious about that, yeah. I just, there's just not enough research. I wanna see, I wanna see a bunch of research in endometriosis because we don't know fucking shit. Right, or like, um. PCOS. Or- this is, so this is how it really, this was years into my practice. I had a patient who came in and she had gone off birth control. She had gotten married, gone off birth control and didn't have a period for a solid year. Oh, wow. She's a professional colleague. She goes, all right, I know, you know, you know, what's up and to do all this testing, I'm coming to you yeah. to help me figure this out. So we're going through her health history and she had done egg donation. At some oh, okay. point in time in her college career. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Actually. Um, and then went right back on birth control. And then lived her life, went through grad school, got married. You know, her and her now husband had been married for years. So she was like, I'm coming off birth control. We're trying for kids right away. I just have a question, though. But technically, yeah. when you're on a certain type of birth control, it tricks your body into thinking you're pregnant, right? Mm. Isn't that what it is? Yeah. Basically, like shuts down your your natural hormone production okay. cycles. Okay. Um, and so we talk about her egg donation. What was that like? Right. Cause I looked into egg donation when I was in grad school. Oh, yeah. You can make a pretty penny. It's like, I remember in college just getting, someone told me about it. It's like $5,000. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot. It's way Much more of, than yeah, that. I'm sure not. Um, but I had considered it. And then I looked into what goes into doing egg donations. And it is a lot of hormones. It's like IVF. Which make me personally not okay mental health wise. Oh, yeah. Birth control didn't make me feel great. So yeah. like that level of hormones, I was like, Whoop, okay, I'm out, right? I can't do it. So this woman had during an egg donation cycle dropped something like 22 or 28 eggs in one cycle. Oh, wow. 
Um, and for those of you listening, you don't know, women are born with a set amount of eggs. Mm -hmm. That's it. Right. So she dropped 20 some eggs. And I oh, said, I, see where you're going with this. I said, okay. so let me look into things. Cause I don't know how this affects your fertility downstream. Guess what? Research has never been done. Seriously? Not fucking kidding. Like I, could find, I could find like no information on how egg donation affects fertility. Cause they don't give a shit. Oh, that's awful. It's appalling. So I came back to, the, and I said, I have no idea. I have no idea if you'll ever be able to conceive naturally without IVF. I have no idea. Her ovarian reserve was so low. She now has two beautiful, wonderful kids. Oh, that's amazing. But also I'm so fucking pissed to hear that. Like it was because I was like, there has to be research. Egg donation nope. is not a new thing. Zero information that I could find about how this affects long-term fertility down the road. Does this affect how egg nothing i could find nothing wow it's appalling it is appalling i just or just in general i think what they're i feel like a lot of things that i read or that i come across now one i do feel like more people are advocating on behalf of themselves when it comes to their hormones and their mm. hormone health women like you doctors like you are now out there you know what i mean yeah uh i i just want i will share really quickly what you did for me thank you because this is what you did after I had my ectopic and I was terrified of all things in life and I didn't want the idea of getting pregnant yeah. was just terrifying, like petrifying to me. And I finally was ready. I went to my doctor at a, I'll just say at a big hospital, right? Yep. A big hospital. And according to her, I, my, my ovarian reserve was fine. My tubes are fine. They had to do that tube test with the iodine, mm. which they told me did not hurt. And it hurt Burned. so bad. <laughs> It hurts so bad. I want to know who said this doesn't hurt. I want to know the wide breadth of women they did this test on and, and then, pulled and, and then said, nope, didn't hurt. I was fine because it wasn't a woman. It, it, I mean, I remember asking, like, do I need to, I mean, it hurts so bad. Um, and everything looked good. I think like the, my FH, whatever the follicle. FSH. FSH was fine. And then we started trying and nothing happened. I'm just under the assumption, oh, it'll happen, right? I'm okay. It's okay. And that's when I went to you. And you were like, I just remember it very clearly. You were like, you, you make zero to none progesterone. Mm. Did they test for that? They didn't. No. You're, you're um, insulin resistant. Did they test for that? No. no. Um, there was something else. Like my gut was all leaky and leaking everywhere. <laughs> nope. Did they test for And, I, and I'm not, I'm not saying everywhere. this to be mean, but no. I just, I think because they're, I remember when I finally did tell them like mm. that I, I was also seeing a functional doctor it was almost like my doctor was like, oh, oh, interesting. Like, oh, really? You didn't make progesterone? And then it wasn't until you had me on Oof. all this, this regimen that my body actually started to feel good. You know, between mm. you and Jenna, I wasn't getting migraines anymore. My body was, well, and also to, I don't know if I ever told you this before I was on, um, was that IUD that's got the hormones? Oh, the Mirena? Yeah, the Mirena. Yeah. Well, don't Google Mirena ectopic pregnancy because- Oh, shit. I mean, I also believe yeah. it had to do with my trauma and stuff, but huh, yeah. what you did for me- Although it was hard to hear like my body, I didn't, I don't blame my body, right? I love her. Yeah. And I'm like, now I'm like at the point where I'm like, I know you didn't know better. It's okay. Yeah. Like I was on birth control in my twenties. So you yeah. hearing, like hearing this, actually I have chills right now because I'm, I'm grateful that there are women like you out there advocating for us. So thank you. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I have been heard in my lifetime very you well. You have been heard? Mm not by people close to me. Really? Yeah. All right, let's dive into that. <laughs> let's unpack that. No, but I think, I think I had a traumatic childhood and I'm realizing that now. Okay, sure. Um, 
we have grown up in a society that basically said your your voice doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. Right. As a woman, just God, I'm so le- glad you're on just this. alone <clears throat> in and of itself. It's like, oh, but you're just, you know, that's the way I felt the majority of my life. Do you? F- okay. So when you look back, mm-hmm. right. And cause I know that you chose the title. Like I just want someone to listen. Yeah. When you were trying to speak up, did you feel that it was almost like someone was trying to put a blanket over you? I mean, I tried to speak up when I went to the hospital and I was told we're not going to do anything. That's awful. So when you're met with that kind of thing over and over and over again, and you are a traumatized person yes. and um, you just don't know how to do anything else, but go, okay, fine. Moving on. Where do you think that you um, hid that trauma? Oh, tucked away in a tiny little box. Yeah. Yeah. There, so, there, are, there are massive parts of my memory that are still missing okay. and gone. Okay. Um, I understand that. I actually yeah. really do. Which is, you know, rough to kind of come to terms with. Um, I was sharing with uh, a family member this summer about how I am digging into some of that childhood trauma. Are you? Okay. And how it is wrapped up into my PTSD from the event. Yeah. Um, because I did not grow up around people that I should have, I'm in sorry. my opinion. Yeah. And uh a lot of unsafe people, men. Um yeah. and I feel like I was raised in an environment where this kind of behavior was perpetuated and just nobody did anything about it. And Looking back, it's easy to see, right? Like hindsight's twenty well, twenty, a thousand percent. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. Do it you just, feel like it's? Um, I know for me, one of the biggest themes of. Not, I'm not trying to give my. I'm not trying to give my trauma like a sitcom. Like here are the themes, right? <laughs> but. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, no, but but like, what if we could? If we could, <laughs> I always feel like chapter one is how did your how does your trauma manifest and show up like. Mm. I know a lot of times it's physical things. It's, do you feel like there's been a manifestation of your trauma? Like uh, headaches. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. I migraines. Mean, uh, I'm just trying. I mean, I know for me, like I'm, I'm migraines or just, you know, infertility for me or yeah. like, is there some, is there some, if you don't want to share, I understand. Yeah. It's, I think it's different. Cause I was in denial. I was in denial for so long, even about the, the, event that happened in grad school yeah. um, that there's a lot of little things, Is it okay? you know, but well, it sounds like this year you've been really yeah, allowing it, allowing it on your timeline, on your Absolutely. timeline yeah. to unravel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have you had side effects? Um, I mean, PTSD is real. Oh, it is. Absolutely. And oh, absolutely. I've been in denial of it for years and how it affects my day-to-day life. Okay. Um, oh, thank you for sharing that, Kelly. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's not who I am. I'm, you know, a person who lived through an experience and I am stronger because of that experience. And it makes me listen to my patients when they come in. And it makes me be present with them um, because the most common feedback I hear in my office is thank you for listening. Yes. Because nobody listens to people. And as a, as a doctor, it's something stupid like 70 to 80% of my diagnosis should come from your history. 
if I don't spend more than five minutes with you, how am I going to know what's going on? Yeah. How am I supposed to put those pieces together? The amount of women I see who come in who have what they think are normal mm. women problems yeah. is appalling and yeah. upsetting. It's re-traumatizing. I will say that. Yeah. It definitely takes a lot of, oh, how, how this manifests in me. I am a very much an introvert. Mm-hmm. Granted, I've always been an introvert, but the amount of time and downtime I need to process the information that I have to hear and get to hear. And it is an honor to be trusted by people in this way um, to share their real experience and their story and what's really going on with them. It's an honor. So it, sh- it shows up in that way where it's like, I do hear a lot of rough stuff. I also get to help people identify what some of that rough stuff is before they're really aware. Oh, wow. Um, <clears throat> wow. Cause you know, you don't know when you're in the midst of that fight or flight response and you're checked out. You're not able to see the full picture. Yeah. And if somebody can just get you on the same page and help you understand that one, you are certainly not alone. And that if we can figure out what's going on, we can find the right things to do. Like, that's a big deal. That's a... It shouldn't be a big deal. It makes me pissed that that's a big deal, to be quite honest. Just but to show it's a up big for deal. people, you know, just showing up. How can I support you in this the healing? This, I mean, this was this was great. I mean, I don't really know. I get asked that well, question. Well, let me what, just tell you what this. What do you need? No, when, if there is ever something mm-hmm. that comes up, I want you to know I'm here as your oh, friend. Thank you. Yeah, that's a big deal. I mean it. Yeah, I think. I think. I think for for those who suffer such, and I'm going to use a term, and I hope it's okay, sexual mm-hmm. trauma. Is that yeah. okay to use that term? Absolutely, okay. yeah. For women who are victimized um, and are violated in such a horrific way um, sexually, it does something to you. Yeah. You know, that tears apart your insides, um, makes you, and you even said it too, just like, you, no one wanted to listen to you. So, yeah. you know, it doesn't, it's not like it's easy to like advocate for yourself. Oh, and I, or think it's okay. And when, and when you're in that moment, I promise that was not the time I should have been asked to advocate for myself either. No, um, no good point. Absolutely. You know, that was not the time. That's, that was not the time. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people's reaction when I did tell them was not the right fucking thing. Yeah. I also was the big enough person to be like, hey, this isn't what you say to somebody right after they tell you this. Like, why or what did you do to be in that position? Oh, my God. I just want to strangle somebody right now. Oh, I just. Oh, oh. What did you do to put yourself in that position? Nothing. I mean, not a fucking thing. I certainly didn't ask for that shit. No. No. Yeah. Also, if I'm bold enough to share that information with you, because I am literally like days away from that and I am struggling, not the shit you say to somebody. No, no. Yeah. Well, also, too, I mean, what I'm hearing, too, is just like when you are told over and over again that you don't have a voice, you know what it does? I mean, I, I, I think it, it um, 
it kind of uh, conditions you to always put others first, but in a way that's like so painful, right? Yeah, Does that yeah. make sense? Like oh. where you're like, oh no, Ooh, everybody's needs before, before mine. mine. Woo! Or like someone yeah. saying that to you, like, oh, I know you're upset because of the thing I went through, but let me comfort you. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm a recovering people pleaser. Oh, me too, girl. Yeah, yeah. girl. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck all that. Um, I actually. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I actually just said, cause you know, in two days, it'll be a beautiful new month. Yeah. Um, and I was journaling today. And one of the things I even said in it is that like, and this was in a previous episode. So I can't wait for you to hear that about yes. the rock you want to drop. Like what's the rock you need to let go mm. of? And mine was like, it's almost like, and I don't mean to say it like this, but I almost want to try for the month of November to like, what is it like to not have every answer be a people pleasing answer and see like what shifts in my life? Yeah. Maybe we could both try. I don't know. Yeah. No pressure. We could try November challenge <laughs> for all the ladies out uh, there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, totally. Like what if I just actually pleaser. did say no? Or like right. if, what if someone asked me something and I said, no, I'm, you know, thank you. I actually don't really want to do that. Right. I, I don't think I could ever say that, but right. like, Ooh. let me s- thesaurus mm-hmm. how to say that a nicer Listen, way. I am the kind of person that wants to be invited to everything, yes. but I also am going to say no to almost yes. everything. So yes, I want to be included, but and it, like, I hope people don't take it personally, but no. like, I absolutely just need so much time alone to myself oh. that I think people think, I mean, like, am I the peopleiest person in the world? Certainly not. But your career and like what you do every day is such a giving. And um, I mean, you're so giving Kelly as a human too. Mm. I want you to know that that is okay to recover. Oh yeah. Um, The way I look at it is that I've prioritized things that make my nervous system feel good. Mm. And so what I'm recognizing now um, is that those are, that's my priority list is I'm not going to stay in spaces where I don't feel comfortable. Good for you. Um, it's not worth it. It's never been worth it. I very much yeah. tried to, I've tried to deny what has happened to me and how much it has affected me. Yeah. And that has gotten me in all the wrong places. <laughs> and yeah. it is so freeing to be on the other side of that and know that like, while this happened, I'm not a, a lesser person for it. Not at all. I am so much a better person for it. And I get to help so many other people. So yeah, go, pe- go people who go into the helping profession do it to help other people, but it's a very self-serving <laughs> thing. Well, I know, I know you had touched on that you've cried a lot this year. Yeah. Ooh. Was there something significant about this year that has helped you start to address and heal? So last summer I had a massive PTSD trigger. Um, so it's 22, summer of 22. Yeah. 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 Um, and nothing bad actually happened in this, I don't know, this day, this event, this thing that my it body usually is never now, is. It usually there, is there, my small. body has now associated an event with, my genuine PTSD and I felt unsafe Yeah, and I didn't know what was happening at the time. And it took me months to even realize that this is what was the thing that was going on. And once I figured it out, mm-hmm. I uh, like, I pulled the plug on the situations that were triggering all this, what I had tried to ignore. 
Oh, that's great. I mean, that's, and, that's great, right? Like you pulled the plug on it, right? That's good. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. But okay. I mean, but I still had a lot of processing and really like taking a look in the mirror and, yeah. and, and stuff to do. And I'm still doing all those things. Yeah. And I think the thing that people need to know is like, I don't think you ever stop doing those no. things. I think you change focus. I think you work on things differently. I think it gets easier the more you do it. You know, when you stop? Never. When you die. Oh. Like, I, I don't mean Never. to say that. When you take the, all the healing and all the journey genuinely stops the moment you yeah. transition yeah. from this earthly plane mm -hmm. to the spiritual plane where <laughs> or whatever you subscribe to. And I mean, yeah. that, I truly mean that. Yeah, like I like sure. when you said that, I, I just I, I that I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. I want people to hear that. And know that it's not like you wake up one day and you're like, I am healed, man. Oof. I think in my brain, I think that's how I thought it was going to be. One, I, oh, I just okay. am not going to have to deal with this anymore. And I think if I thought I ignored it enough, it wasn't going to be real. It didn't happen to me. Yeah. You know, that's not my story because it's not me. No. You know, it was a thing that happened to me. Yeah. And fuck those people. Fuck those people. Um, but I'm still going to be an amazing person. You really are. So. Yeah. But yeah, so I had a, a triggering event. Um, luckily, nothing actually had happened. Okay, good. Um, so I've been processing that. I think it's been so hard to cry for so many years because I think what I've realized is that I've lived most of my life in a fight or flight response. Yeah. I've lived a lot of my life dissociated and not even in my own body, like mm. not even really fully present. Oh, I, oh my God. I get that um, so much. Yeah. I, I get that. Listen, and I think it's important because people are listening to this, right? And it's like, this happens to so many more people than it doesn't. And I think this is the shit none of us talk about. Right. That we all need to collectively talk about. We're talking about it. Because that's when that stuff stops deteriorating us as people yes, and tearing yes. us apart because it is just held inside. And yeah, I tried to ignore it. It was still there. It was still eating away at me. Yeah. Um, I'm really lucky and really blessed to have really supportive people in my life. Do you? Oh, oh that God. makes me feel so grateful. You, I'm, yes. Truly. And as I, as I get older, um, <laughs> I've always run in a small circle and that circle just keeps getting smaller and it is a beautiful thing to me. Absolutely. Oh um, yeah. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. Oh, I, because yeah. if I can't be all the authentic me, then I don't want it. No. So. No. Yeah. So getting to spend time with me is like a, it, it's a big deal. Cause it takes a lot of energy. I, I lot, want you to know how much I genuinely appreciate you doing this tonight. Yeah. I mean, I, it's such a gift to see you. It was such an honor to be asked to share anything about my story because again, not exactly like I have felt like many people want to hear. Oh, Kelly. I, what will be, what's so sad. I mean, this whole thing is so tragic, but what's even, I'm, I'm thinking, what I've noticed with the podcasts is when women share their stories, the people that you don't even think come out and say, thank you so much. You know, I can think about all the women I've interviewed so far and what the responses they got afterwards of like the same thing happened to me or I felt the same way. Yeah. And um, I hate that it's happened to so many people. I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate that 
I hate that there's so many women walking around who have been so traumatized. Um, yeah. And we are, we are left to deal with this burden. Yeah. We have to figure yeah. our shit out. Yep. Not the person who did it to us. They are walking around living life, you know, doing their own thing. Yeah. But it's us who have to deal with this shit. And not only that, we have to figure out how do we maintain career relationships, everything. Well, and when, Oh, I'm getting all angry and I'm know, sorry. I, I just, you're so I, fired up and I I'm love so it. fired up because it, it makes me so mad. Well, when this stuff, so like stuff that happened to me affects your health, right? Yeah. How do you not only figure out how to deal with all this on your own, figure out how to navigate the medical system on your own, feel how, how to be heard in that system, yes. the way that currently stands, going through that trauma and trying to be in that trauma and doing any of it. Yeah. Like good fucking luck. Yeah. Because nobody is there. And I know that they try to provide resources and I like that truly there's never going to be enough. I know there's never going to be enough immediate support and help for people who have gone through any of that stuff. No. Um, so yeah, people need to be heard and people need to be fucking believed for what they are experiencing. Yes. And that's the other thing I hear most often in my office is that everybody keeps telling me I'm fine. Everything's fine. I don't feel fine. You don't and no feel shit. Fine. You don't feel fine. I believe you. Mm. The amount of people I see where I'm like, you know what? Maybe this isn't all physical, right? And just because it's not all physical, what if there is some mental health stuff? Oh, that yeah. stuff is very real. Oh. There's physiology behind all of that stuff. And just because it is a brain chemical situation or a brain problem doesn't mean it's not affecting your physical health, no. right? All that stuff, you, your mental health is part of your overall health. It shouldn't be this thing that we stigmatize. It shouldn't be this thing that is completely separate in our fucking no. system. Um, doctors need to be more trauma-informed. I'm grateful that you are trauma-informed. I am super grateful I am trauma-informed. It helps me be a better physician. It helps me see other physicians who are not doing well. Yeah. And I feel... For as much as I like bash the traditional system because the system is fucked. Oh, yeah. The people who went into helping professions to help people, I don't think knew what they were going into. I don't think the education is broad enough. Yeah. Um, I think we're learning tools that don't fit the problems. Mm -hmm. um, I see a lot of <laughs> I see a lot of healthcare professionals in my office. Do you? Who are going an alternative route. Because they're not getting help in their own system. Maybe things are starting to shift. Things are starting to shift. Um, I have a beautiful patient who is a nurse with two master's degrees. And she is going to become um, an FNP. So basically, she'll be able to practice as a physician on her own. She'll get enough hours and be able to practice as a standing physician. That's great. She is coming to me for functional workup. Mm. in. One of our appointments where we reviewed her blood work and everything that was going on and how it was connected to all her symptoms and, and what I think is going on. And here's, here's what's going on. She just stopped and she's like, listen, I have two master's degrees. I'm not a dummy. Mm -hmm. I said, a thousand percent, you are not. She goes, I now know I have never learned how to help somebody be healthy. Whoa. I have learned how to keep people alive. Root of the problem. Root and of the problem. That, no, but that, like, that's what I appreciate about you. And I said, 
I feel like that is a that's that's a genuine observation and know that you're able once you are able to practice as an independent entity mm-hmm. you get to choose what you want to do Aww. and you get to choose to do continuing education in better things like you can go a different path you can truly help people yeah but it takes time to help people and the way the system is set up you can't help people with five minutes you can band-aid things in five Aww. minutes you can't help people like any chronic health condition is not helped in a five minute appointment. No. You can't, five minutes is not enough time to hear what people are living through and how it is affecting their day to day life and what they really want fucking help with. Oh, I'm just so grateful for you. I mean, I'm hearing this and I'm like, mm. just, I, it's so nice that you want to advocate for people. I just, here, here's the thing I want to say though, too. I do you, I hope that you feel your voice is getting stronger through this. Mm. Do you feel, and if you don't, that's okay, but do you yeah. feel over the last year or so that your voice is getting stronger? Oh, absolutely. I think part of why my voice was so not heard was because I've been a people pleaser my whole life and everybody came before me. Everything else was the priority um, to try and be in a safe environment. So I, over, over my relationship with my partner, um, he will ask me, what is it that you need? And I'm always mm-hmm. like, I don't fucking know. And I get pissed about it. <laughs> I get pissed about it because nobody has let me be a priority. I haven't even let myself be a priority. Everybody else has been the priority. Are you starting to let yourself? Yeah. I know yeah. you'd said that before ter- yeah. in terms of out, like you want to be invited. I'm the same. Like, yes. Yeah, but man, invite me to shit. <laughs> I'm not coming, but you invite me to but shit. I want, yes, but I want to. Because I maybe am going to come. Maybe. I like the air of mystery. And if I maybe show up to some shit, even better. Most so, of the time I'm not going to because I'm fucking exhausted. And I'm in bed at 9 p.m. because oh, I, I prioritize my sleep because that's important. For me and my ability to do what I do. If I don't get good sleep, I'm not, I'm not doing shit. So. so I know that you are about to enter in a new year. Yeah. 39. Ba, 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 ba. 35. <laughs> year I 35. Still like, I still like it. Thank you. When I turned 39, I told everyone that for the whole year. 35. But here, I really, and I, because this is, you know, this is, you're putting this out there. I mean, Wednesday, you will be officially turning the page on a new year. Yeah. And symbolically, what would you like for this new year for Callie? For Callie and for no one mm. else, but for Callie, what would you like for this new year? I mean, I want you to be heard. That's yeah. what I want for you. Ooh, yeah, thank I you. want you to be heard this year. Um, yeah, I want to find me. You want to find you? Yeah. All the bits of me that I lost and all this bullshit. Which I have been oh, finding. I oh, I have, she's coming, girl. Whoo, she, she's uh, coming. She is fine. What's her What's her uh, walk-in song? Like if she had a song that she's coming Ooh, back, buddy. It's all angry music. <laughs> that's okay. <I> just, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> it's all angry music or Queen Herbie. Shout out to her. Please come to Chicago on concert. <laughs> Hashtag love you. Um, yeah. No. It's a. Uh, Finding myself, finding yourself, and getting back in touch with the things that I really like, and the things that I enjoy, and the things that fill my cup, instead of putting everybody else first. Um, oh, she's coming, it's a girl. Big deal. Yeah, she. I just and I, 
I think what's so she's, she's beautiful. She's her head out now. She is. She's, she's, she's testing the water. She's, she's like, ready. do I enjoy fall? She, I'm not sure yet. I know. I, I like the question, but I, what I have realized and what I, um, what I've worked on over this past year is, um, I take a really long time or I've identified, I take a really long time to figure things out. Um, I fall into the, or I would say I would fall into the neurodivergent category. I probably should have been evaluated and diagnosed with more than a few things, even from childhood, but like lots of things get wrapped up in my brain and it takes me a long time to peel out emotions and feelings and actual things that happened. And like, it's just a big ball of jumbled mess happening at once in my brain. And so people ask me really great questions. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, it's going to take me more than a few weeks Oh, absolutely. to figure some stuff out. And I used to beat myself up about that because somehow being slow to know myself Mm-mm. meant something I don't even know. But I used to beat myself up for that kind of stuff. Like what's wrong with me that I can't, I don't know what I want. I don't know what I need. I don't know what's going to help me. Nothing's I don't know these things. Nothing, Nothing is fucking wrong with me. I will say I'm, I am genuinely excited for <laughs> this new year for you because I, I am so excited to talk to you about the things that you've re, like, you've learned, like you've like, that have, 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 I almost picture it like, did you, did you ever watch Sex and the City? Yeah. Okay. Some, some so, loose, loosely. Okay. Well, there's this really, it's like the end of the season. It's like the, the, like the season six, right? When mm. everything gets serious and everyone's grown up and everything's so serious. But, mm. you know, Samantha's going through um, breast cancer mm. and she's like, she, the, her character is very much like, you know, she's very in touch with her sexuality and she is not afraid to use her sexuality, mm. but she, it sucks because the chemo has killed her sexuality yeah. and her boyfriend at the time sends her this beautiful plant, but there's no petals. And he says that like, it's in the winter, you know, like in the spring oh. you will bloom again. Yeah. And, ooh, I get chills. Yeah. But like, I, I almost see for you that like right now, like you are planting these beautiful seeds, yeah. you're nurturing your soil. And I'm so excited to see what comes out. Yeah. Me too. And I, 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 this has been, I, I want to do this. So I'd love for you to come back on. Oh my God. I would love to come back on, on by yourself. But would you come on for a woman's round table? Yeah. A thousand percent. Okay. I'll come back on as many times as you want to have Oh, me. I would. This is it. And I've been saying this lately, but I genuinely mean it. I feel like this is an ongoing conversation with all of my guests. Absolutely. Um, and I have a couple of questions for you. Yeah. Okay. First of all, I want to thank you, Kelly. Yeah. Thank you. Did you, do you feel like you had a voice right there? Yeah. Okay. Oh, That's sure. important to me. Yeah. Absolutely. That it was not stifled. Mm-mm. I got real pissed. I'm going to get pissed for you going forward. <laughs> You're allowed to be pissed. Um, Other people are allowed to be pissed. Um, what I don't want is people to feel sorry. I don't, you know what? You know? I won't, but I want you yeah. to know that I love you yeah. as a person. And I see what you went through. I hug you and I hold you. Mm-hmm. And I hold that person. And I hold you for support going forward. Thank you. Um, I got some cool questions here. All right. This is a big one. So please take your time. Yeah. What has your story taught you about yourself and life? Mm. And if you even need to come back to that, and I mean that, like, don't feel like you have to answer that. But maybe even if it's the first thing that comes to mind. Mm. You can do hard things. You can do really fucking hard things, especially when you don't know what the fuck you're doing and you are just getting through. That counts. Step one, get through some shit. 
you can figure it out later but yes. like you can do hard shit you can do hard shit um i think it's easy to forget that shit sometimes i think i've forgotten that shit sometimes but like you can do hard shit and even when things happened I was like, well, I can fail out of school, which I'm paying for and do what the fuck with my life or I can carry on. So we're going to go ahead and carry on then. Right. You can do hard things. Even when you don't know that you can do hard things, you can do hard things. Thank you. Yeah. I really hope that that's definitely going to encourage some people. Um, Okay. Here's another one. How does your story inspire you to show up in this world? Ooh. I try to show up as my best self every single day so I can help the people who come into my office and trust me with their health. Oh, you have, you do, Mm, you do. Thank you. It's a big, it's a big deal. You know? I mean, I love these and I can tell that those came from your soul. Like it was almost like a, Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Callie, I just want to thank you. I know I've thanked you throughout, but it's, it's important to me that you know how much it means that you were, I know how hard that was for you to talk. Mm. Um, I visibly could see how hard (laughs) it was for you to talk. And that's, I mean, it's a visceral, it's a visceral, it's a visceral emotion. And I hope I'm using that word correctly. Listen, I'm going to, I'm going to go something I've literally just discovered or like put pieces together of in the last couple of days, even, um, I do anytime I get really emotional, I cry. Anytime I get really emotional about anything, big emotions, I get really choked up. And I've been trying to like just kind of not evaluate, but observe what's happening and observe why that's happening. Yeah. And why it gets so hard or I get so worked up about something. And what I've recently kind of figured out or I am figuring out is that in my brain memories are stored as an entire experience. Mm -hmm. I have a bajillion pieces of sensory input coming in. So to walk through how I felt or I have to relive the experience, like there's no way out of that form of my brain because that's how all the information is stored. Okay. So like it gets so hard to express feelings and emotions that I'm not currently living in because to tap into the words that go with that, yeah. I have to feel that. And I feel everything that has happened yeah. in my body and in my being. And I think it's easier to deal with now that I've put words to that. Yeah. Um, it seems like an overreaction all the time. No. But it's just, you know, like how many other people live that experience but don't talk about it? Right? Oh, like. Yeah. How many, how many people experience things in a different way, but never really fully share that with people. So they are alienating themselves thinking, I'm the only crazy person who's living this whole weird experience in this way. You're probably not. No, I will say that, um, this just popped in. So something you said, yeah. um, for the longest time, whenever I would recount my abuse, my whole body would shake. Mm. My hands, I mean, literally my whole body would shake yeah. and it got to the point where I couldn't even talk about it because my whole body would shake anytime I talked to people about it. But I've noticed over the last six years, the amount of hard, hard fucking work that I did on myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hashtag almost dying. 
I mean, that'll, that'll bring some stuff to yeah. the table. Yeah. But I've noticed that ever since I've done that hard work and I've like, I'm going to credit you to facing my fears is mm. that when I do talk about it now, the shaking has diminished. Yeah. Does that make sense? My whole body shakes when I talk about it. Absolutely. Like, okay. Uh, and I say that because I, I live the experience of having full body tremors and yes. like, okay. like almost, I was thinking about it the other day as I thought about what we were going to talk about, right? Yeah. Because you did ask me what, what we needed to talk about. And I very much chose what we were going to talk I, about I, today. I, I genuinely appreciate that you did. And uh, even thinking about it again, sent my body into full, yeah. like tetany ticks. Like it is so <sighs> physically exhausting. And I, at least in my brain, don't go into a fight or flight response yeah. and I'm able to sit through it and go, okay, this is the flood of, you know, chemicals racing through my body right now. That's why my heart feels like it's going to explode. And that's why my heart rates 121 oh, out of nowhere. Yeah. And I just have to write it out. Um, that I don't know that it's ever going to go away. There are going to yeah. be things that trigger that Absolutely. response no, probably the rest of my life. And I have no control over that. So now I just get to ride the cool wave of bullshit. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it was surprising because even thinking about having to talk about stuff today, I went into full body, like, it seems like a seizure, but I'm fully conscious and aware wow. almost. Okay. I, I do understand. Not ever yeah. having had a seizure. I'm, I'm guessing this is what it feels like. I, I attribute it to, I'm wondering if you would agree, is because we've stored it and packed it in, mm. it's its way of coming out. Do you it, know what I mean? Absolutely. Okay. Right. Like, that's how I look at Which it. Which is how, you know, I've had to explain to my partner, uh, we were having a conversation once and I just was crying and I said, I need you to know that I'm not crying because I'm sad. Yeah. Uh, crying is no longer a sad associated experience. Crying is literally my, my body overflowing with emotion. I don't care what it is. This is the fastest and easiest way out. And I didn't express or feel emotion for the better part of 10, 15 years of my life. So now I feel like there's just a boatload of shit now that we're diving in and doing all the work that it's like, cool, whatever the fuck that is, uh, that's happening. The Sarah, the Sarah McLaughlin puppy commercial comes on oh, and you're just crying. But genuinely, like now that I know what I'm going through physically, yeah. I know that my brain doesn't have to get on board mentally. We don't have to go to a negative place and self-talk anymore. We don't have to no. um, go through any of that stuff. And the quicker I come to the table about it and I'm like, cool, this is just, and I explained to my partner once because something had triggered me. Something had set my nervous system off. And I was like, I am not safe and I am not okay. And I was like, in my brain, I was like, yeah, you are. Because you are in a safe environment. Like my brain knew yeah. I was okay. My body was not convinced. Um, and that will override all the things just yeah. so we're all clear. Right. And so we were spending time together and I was like, I'm not okay. And I'm having a physical experience of my PTSD yeah. and my brain is not there. And I just need to ride out the wave as like he sat with his hand on my chest oh, to just be a grounding presence. Okay. Oh, and just beautiful. sit through it with me and like, let me write it out. And I said, that was so important for yes, me. Absolutely. Cause I don't think that that's something anybody has ever really seen. And so, yeah. Thank you. Thank so now you. all the stuff comes up. No. And I, thank <laughs> now you I cry like, about everything and that's a beautiful it's thing. It's a very beautiful I thing. get to experience all the emotions. 
I appreciate that you do. Um, and I just really want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Oh. I cannot wait to have you back on. I thank cannot. You. I can't wait to check in with you in six months and see how your new year mm. and uh, rediscovery of like the things that you love. I want, yeah. I can't wait. Because six months? <laughs> six months. Um, well, thank you, Dr. Kelly. I will say this. Um, if people want to find your services. Yeah. Um, I'm at Sage Healing Collective okay, in St. Charles. I will put that in the show notes. Yeah. Um, I'm there full time. And that's right? where I, yeah, she's phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal place. Thank you. I, phenomenal doctor. Um, and I'll put that in the show notes for everybody. And I, I will say this to, if there's any woman who's listening and you live out here, you're in the Chicagoland area. Um, I've had a tremendous experience with Dr. Kelly. Mm. And if this is something that you maybe are thinking about, um, or if you need, you know, just know that there are women like Dr. Kelly oh, out there. You there know? are so many. You know, like there are. There's a network of women who will advocate for you, who will listen to you more than five minutes. Oh God. And they will believe you and, they and will your believe lived you. experience and not just bat an eyelash and shove you out the door. So if you hear this and you do have questions, you can always um, message us on Instagram and I can um, get you the answers. But I just want to thank everyone for listening today. I know Dr. Kelly's uh, story oh. is like... I want to say thank you for having a safe Aww. space for people Aww. to talk, oh, including really? myself. Yeah, oh my no, God. I think it's a beautiful thing. So while I need somebody to listen, you've been that. And I appreciate that it. That means so much to me. Like you have no idea. Like I, not to make this about me for a minute. <laughs> Do it. But like, I just, um, this has been such like a dream of mine, you know, and there are days when I'm doing it. I'm like, am I, is it even doing anything? Oh. Cause I will be honest with you. And I don't mean this in a weird way. Like I don't, I, I want to have purpose in this life. I want to know that like when I leave this earth, when yeah. I'm 136 years old or whatever, but I'm, but I, whenever I leave this earth, I want to know, like, I want people to say like, you know, like I just, she acknowledged me and she like saw me and she looked at me and she held my hand or she like, I was having a day and she saw me for who I was. And I think that's what the trauma in my life really did for me was that I, I remember saying this my whole life growing up and it didn't occur to me until I dealt with my trauma was I always want people to feel special because I never had that. Yeah. You know, I never had someone just say to me like, this is who you are and it's okay to be who you are. So thank you for saying that. That means so much to me. I want everyone to feel that this is a safe space. Um, and that whatever you've been through, you are no longer in danger and that has yeah. no power over you anymore. And you're not alone. And you're not alone. Um, so Kelly, thank you. I can't wait to have you thank back you. on. And I just want to say, I send you all the love for a beautiful new year ahead of you. I really do. I, I'm so excited for this, like, like, like all the seeds that you have sown for like so many unexpected things that might come up, but beautiful unexpected things. Yeah. Um, I want to say that if you have a story to share, please feel free to submit to I'm so glad you asked podcast at gmail.com. If you're on Instagram, please follow us at I'm so glad you asked podcast. I'm so glad you asked is part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit the tridentnetwork.com. This episode of I'm so glad you asked was edited by our friend, Josh Finfrock. Hey, <laughs> thanks, Josh. There's a lie. There's